And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. Today we continue in the series, Your Identity in Christ. And some of you are struggling with your identity. Is the world telling you who you are? Or are you saying, I'm going to decide to believe the Word of God and what God says and who says, and who God says I am? God has promised the believer, the believer in his son Jesus, that they are a new creation. God recreated you. He recreated your spirit. Your spirit is regenerated inside of you at the moment that you gave your life to him, at the moment you allowed him into your heart. You are a new creation today. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new and all things are of God. So we need to believe that. And we need to push away and take every thought captive, especially the thoughts that say that we are still the old person, that we have not changed, we are still the old person. We need to move on from this because the enemy can still get in and influence you if you still believe who you used to be, if you are still acting and behaving the old you that is no longer alive. But the new you, you are made alive in Christ, and you have to be who you are. You do not want to be someone else. You cannot be someone else, and after God has done so much for you, it is wrong for you to act someone else when it's not you. The new you God has recreated, you are now new again. You are brand new. You are made alive in Christ. Now we must understand who we are, know that we are a son and daughter of God, that we are seated in him in heaven, with him and in him in heavenly places. Looking down upon the earth from a perspective of victory, we have overcome the world, Jesus said. So in him, in Christ, we can do all things as Christ strengthens us. And God does not withhold any promise. All his gifts are irrevocable. He does not take them back. Which loving parent would take back a present that he has given to his child? A loving parent would say, this is yours. Everything I have is yours. And that's exactly what God did. God the Father gave everything to his son Jesus. And Jesus, in the same heart and the same motives and the same will of God, said, whatever I have been given from the Father, you have as my as as a child of God, as a son of God, as a daughter of the Most High God, everything you have in Christ is what everything the Father has given to Jesus. So God has not withheld anything that is good. He didn't withhold his son from us. His son went to die for us on the cross. He is good, and, and God's mercies and grace endures forever because that's who he is. And now everything that Jesus has, we have. But how would we know that unless we read the scriptures and believe what God says about us and who he says we are now? We are a new creation. But Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says that we must not be conformed to this world. When you are brand new in Christ, why would you still want to be conformed to this world? When the very reason that Jesus came was to set us free to destroy the works of the enemy, and to allow us a path back to God by believing in Jesus, 
to be reconciled back to God and not perish but have eternal life. Why would we still want to be conformed to what we were before and what we were around before, the things of the world, the the evil influences, the the false truths, the, the lies the enemy would have us believe? We must not believe these things anymore. We must believe the truth of the Word of God. We must put right what is wrong on this earth. We now are guardians of this truth. We are now ambassadors for Christ, and we must go about doing good under Christ's power, under God's grace, doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with us. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Because as he is, so are we in this world. The Bible says that as Jesus is now, so are we in this world. That means that you are not as a carpenter. You are not as as Jesus was on the cross. You are not as Jesus was walking around with his disciples. You are as he is now. He is the risen king. He is God Almighty, the son of the, the Father God, the son of the great Jehovah. And so now, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we must do everything in under his power, depending on his strength, as he strengthens us. So we do not want to be conformed to this world anymore. We want to be delivered. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We must decide to believe what God says, because if we don't, it is Jesus going to the cross in vain. It is Jesus going to the whipping post in vain. Where we are not, we, we are given a precious gift. God offers us a precious gift of his son's life and all the sacrifice that Jesus made, the sinless lamb, the sinless lamb. And we are not partakers in that. We are not partakers of his divine nature because we decided not to believe in all those things. We decided to just not study out the word of God who we are in Christ. We still believe who we were, and we still believe that's the same person that we are now, that we have not changed. But the important thing to realize today is that while your hands and your feet and your face looks the same as it did before you gave your life to Christ, your mind has to be changed. Your spirit is brand new because God recreated it, but your mind has to be renewed. It has to read the Word. You have to read the Word of God, believe what God says about you, and accept it as truth. And anything that comes against that truth, you must cast it down. You must say, no, that is a lie. I'm not going to believe it anymore. I used to believe those lies, but now I know the truth. Now I know better, and I'm not going back there anymore. I'm going to live for Christ because He lived for me. He died for me so I may live for Him. It was the great exchange. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He took the punishment that you you and I should have taken on that cross. When he didn't deserve it and we did deserve it, Jesus went for us. It was the only way back to God. After the sin at the fruit of that tree in the the Garden of Eden that day in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 at the hands of Adam and Eve. That's the sin that ripped us, that created created a gap between us and God. But now Jesus has made a way back. Jesus is the way, the way back. He is the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, Jesus said. James chapter 1, verse 17 to 18, in the Amplified Classic Edition. Every good gift 
and every perfect free large full gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light, in the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning as in an eclipse. As it was of his own free will that he gave us birth as sons by his word of truth, so that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. Now you can see here in verse 18, it says, And it was of his own free will that he gave us birth as sons by his word of truth. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. It was God's own free will that he decided that out of his good nature and because of his good character and nature and love and immense love for you and I, that he would actually give us birth as sons by his word of truth. His word of truth, that's Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. He was manifest in flesh. Jesus is the word of truth. The word was with God and the word is God. John chapter 1 verse 1. So God decided in his own free will to give us birth as sons by his word of truth. Why would we need to be birthed if we're already living? Well, you could say we weren't living at all. We were walking dead. We were people walking dead upon the surface of this earth, not knowing the Lord, walking in death and destruction, walk according to the wiles of the devil and the nature of our father, the devil, in those days before we came to Christ. That's why we needed to be born again. Our old spirit was not a spirit that was going to be getting into heaven because that spirit that we used to have was an enmity with God. It was against God. It was at war with God's, God's ways because it was an unrighteous spirit and it was tainted with the seed of Adam and the lineage of all of that sinful nature that started when they gave their dominion that God had given to Adam and Eve, they gave that over to the devil in the garden. So ever since then, we've been born out of our mother's wombs already tainted and leaning towards doing evil instead of doing good. And I realize that there are people in this world that have good hearts, good natures, and they are not born again. But the spirit inside of them, the spirit has to be born again. It has to be recreated, regenerated by the Lord himself, because it cannot, a spirit that came from Adam without being recreated cannot get into heaven. It can only go to where it belongs and where it was leaning towards, and that's the nature of sin and of death, because it's the law of the Spirit of Christ Jesus that sets us free from the law of sin and of death. So we must we must seek the Lord Jesus. We must let him into our hearts. We must seek him and keep him as Lord and not sway away from keeping him as Lord and Savior every day. Jesus gets to be our Savior once but every day we have to decide who is Lord in our lives. Is it our past lives? Is it the enemy's ways that we are more trusting in? Is it our environment around ourselves? Do we trust more in how we feel or what God says about us? 
Do we trust more in what our feelings are saying to us in these negative, depressive thoughts, or are we trusting in what God says we, who we now are? So it's very important what we think, and we must accept this truth, that the truth is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. There is no truth but the Word. So be careful who you listen to, how you're taught. You must line up everything with what they say with the, with the Scriptures in the Word of God. You must make sure that you judge them by their fruit. When you look at Jesus, he is the only example of perfect fruit upon this earth. Has he carried out the Father's will and not his own? When you saw Jesus, whether it was the Passion of Christ film, whether it was other documentaries or or movies or things like that, you can see that Jesus was walking about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. You can see this in Scripture, of course. The many, many examples written by the four Gospels, and also, you know, Acts and and other other chapters and other books. We know the works of Christ in the Gospels. This is the fruit that we must see in others. Somebody may say that they are born again and they are a Christian, but it doesn't matter what they say. It's what their fruit exhibits. Are they praying for people? Are they laying hands on the sick? Are they giving unto others as they would expect to be given unto themselves by their neighbor? Are they reaching out and helping those in need? Are they bearing the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Are they bearing these good fruits? You must judge them by their fruit. You need to also understand that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 to 45, Jesus says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 45 says, To show that you are the children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son, S-U-N, the sun in the sky, rise on the wicked and on the good, and makes the rain fall upon the upright and the wrongdoers alike. So, as much as God hates sin and abhors sin and the sinful nature of man and the devil, God still loves his creation, no matter if they've done good or done bad. That is unconditional love. So we must be representatives, representing Christ to others as believers. We must show them the love of God. And one of the ways that they would experience this is if someone is doing you wrong, they would never expect you to love on them and to forgive them in the face of what they did to you. It would be opposite what they would expect you to do. And it is that opposite extreme that you can show them that the reason that they, you love them is because of what Jesus did for you. And you can share your testimony with them and then they can contemplate and think about things, that, that the things of the Lord. And they can say, if God, if God allowed this person to forgive me for what I did to them, then this God must be real. This love must be something I need to look into. Maybe there's hope for me too. You are a walking testimony of the things that Jesus has done for you and the sacrifice that the hev- your heavenly Father made through sending his Son on that cross and all the way to it. John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique Son, so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, 
and relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction or be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. Now you say, well, that's a lot more words than I have come to remember from John 3.16. That's because this is the Amplified Classic Edition, which pulls out more detail and amplifies the meaning of each word in the, in the original verses of John 3.16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. See, it doesn't just say, for God loved the world. You have to read every single word, even some of the most classic editions you re- remember reading. Say, for God so loved the world. That word so brings out how much he loved. It's not just that he loved, he so loved, and he wanted to make sure that you understood that. And when you think about the word world, you think about the planet Earth, but really you should be thinking, that's me. He's not speaking about the planet. He's speaking about his creation. He's speaking about his those whom he created in his own image. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. That's you. That's you. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized you that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to and relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction or be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. So if the father went to the extreme of sending his only son to suffer the most painful scourging at the whipping post, the most undeserved persecution, and the most painful death on the cross, why do we still believe that God is arranging, allowing, or organizing problematic situations in our lives? Why do we think that he might be the cause of some of our problems in our lives? It's, it's, it's not the case. It's not true. Why do we believe these things? It is because we are not doing what Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says that we are to do. We are, the problem is too often we are leaning on our own understanding. We're trying to figure out life without reading what God says the truth is. So we are, we are contemplating and surmising and concluding based on our own logic, on our own understanding, which Without God's wisdom, without the word of God, it's all carnal misunderstandings. It may make sense. It may make logical sense. But just because it's logical doesn't mean it's fact or truth. So we are leaning on our own understanding. And all the time we do that, we are perishing for lack of knowledge. Because we are perishing for lack of knowledge about the understanding God and his ways and how much he loves us and has never caused any evil. He's never caused any lack in your life. I'll say that again. God has never caused any evil and he has never caused any lack in your life. He's not causing lack in your life to teach you something so that you can grow spiritually and have more trust in him. God is a creator. He doesn't take away. God is not fickle. God restores. He reconciles. He puts back together again. God is a God of abundance not of a God of just enough. His heart is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He created you. He provides everything a bird in the trees needs. Even though the bird never sows, it just reaps all day long. 
It eats food, but it never plants food. It never gives back to God what God has provided to the bird. But yet God doesn't mind that because God loves his creation. God never told the birds or any other creature of the world except the born-again human being that they are in Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. And read Matthew chapter 6 for more on that. He has never said to an angel, be seated at my right hand. But he has said that his creation, his specifically his believers, his born-again believers, his sons and daughters, they are seated in Christ, in his Son, in heavenly places. No other person, no other form of his creation has been given such an, an amazing inheritance. And it's all due to the Father's goodwill, his free will in sending his Son, and then his Son Jesus carrying out that free will of the Father and not his own. But you would see, like Father, like Son, Jesus is just like his Father. They are not the same person. They are part of the Trinity together with the Holy Spirit, but they are not the same person. Otherwise, you could not say there is a Father and a Son. They are two different people, but they have the same heart. They are on the same page, like we say today. Are you on the same page as me? The Son and the Father are on the same page as each other. They have the same mission to rescue you, to deliver you from where you are, and to teach and to show you, provide the Word of God to you, so that if you would just believe in Jesus, receive Him as your Savior and your Lord, read about what God says about you, recognize your new identity in Christ, you will be completely it will be life-changing because you, the reason it will be life-changing is it will be, be because you have a new life and your old life is cast away. Your old spirit has been regenerated into a new spirit. Now you just have to update your mind. You have to update your thinking so that you no longer lean on your own understanding, but you lean on God's understanding, which is his word of truth, Jesus himself in these scriptures. As a reminder, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, in the Amplified Classic Edition, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God, verse 19, it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Do you understand what this means in verse 19? We do not dwell on this enough, this verse. It says, it was God. So that means God the Father, personally present in Christ. So it cannot mean the Son, Jesus, because it was God personally present in Christ. So you have two separate people. So if Christ is mentioned second, then God was mentioned first. It means that it was the Father who is personally present in the Son, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. That means that the in, that's why we have to be in Christ, standing in front of the Father. Only in Christ are we wearing his robe of righteousness 
the rope of righteousness that we do not have not earned, but Jesus has earned it for us, so that we may stand in confidence and boldness on the day of judgment, but also not on just on the day of judgment. We can stand bold and confident in this day on this planet that we are living in right now. So we can go about in confidence, in boldness, decreeing and declaring over our situations, decreeing and declaring over other people's lack and situations that they're going through and speaking a blessing, speaking a a truth of the word of God over their situation, believing that when you speak God's word in the name of Jesus, that it's the same as God saying it himself, because you're speaking his word. It's the same as God speaking it. Unless you doubt, do not doubt when you speak God's word. When you speak it in truth and do not doubt in your heart, you will have whatever you speak. God does not doubt things when he says them. So we should not either because God has a has his, his will is to work through you, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but cancelling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation of the restoration to favor. God cancelled our trespasses through Jesus' blood. They are cancelled. So do not condemn yourself anymore for your past trespasses. If you have confessed your sins, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, then God is faithful to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So receive the cleansing of the blood of Jesus over your conscience today. Be cleansed of that unrighteousness once and for all. If you slip and you sin, get up right away, repent, ask God for forgiveness, and immediately God forgives you. He doesn't remember your sin no more, and you continue as though nothing happened. Just try not to slip again, but if you do, get back up, repent, ask the Lord for forgiveness, and God remembers it no more, and you continue on. And because you have work to do, God has work for you. He has predestined works for you to walk in. So you must be available to the Lord to be used mightily upon this earth, because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Will you be one of the laborers that is obedient? to the Lord and will be allow God to use you? It is not just the pastors and the bishops and the apostles and the fivefold ministry that can be used by the Lord. Every believer needs to be used by the Lord. So you can reach us at touchofgodradio at gmail.com. That's the email address, touchofgodradio at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube at Touch of God Radio in the search area. In the meantime, until next week, You have a blessed week. Amen.